What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm your Sapoon tonight with Braden and Will. How's it going, boys? Yeah, it's good. Uh, preparing for uh, Messi to come to Atlanta this weekend. I'm uh, actually pretty excited about that. Um, it, it should be a hell of a time, and I will be there unless my tickets sell for an absurd amount, in which case I will be in an island somewhere. Next week's Football Academy, Braden somewhere in Guadalupe. Uh... I just want to take my intro time to talk about the most important football match in the world on Saturday, the Sidemen charity match. Um, I just really enjoyed KSI being a complete idiot in goal and somehow putting it into the back of his own net. Uh, Chris MD coming out and doing bits. Speed not being able to score a goal. Uh, 60,000 people in West Ham Stadium, which might be more than they get sometimes. Uh, and probably more importantly than all of that, they raised $2.6 million in charity and they're still counting more. So, it's always a good time to see my favorite YouTube people getting out and playing some football for charity. Uh, it's also uh, hilarious watching them be really, really bad at football, uh, considering that watching the videos, you think they'd be a lot better than they are. Uh, I want to say shout out to Theo Baker, who seriously hurt his in, uh, his hip, uh, injured his hip at some point in the game. Um, the only other thing I want to talk about injury-wise is uh, I had a great time last night watching Aaron Rodgers uh, just – no one can ever talk about the Browns anymore because the Jets are far more embarrassing, and that is where I'm holding my hat today. I'm having a great time because I'm no longer the laughingstock of the NFL. More thoughts from me on the NFL Academy coming up never because I don't have that much free time on Sundays. That must have gotten you off your Tim couch. <laughs> I can't think of a Vinny Testaverde pun right now, but that's all I got. Damn, yeah, uh, quite the weekend for New York sports, uh, especially from uh, those people out in DraftKings and what they did yesterday. But we have some bets to talk about, and let's get into it before we go in and preview the weekend. If you are joining us for the first time, well, thank you for uh, joining us. Braden will go into the details of how we are going to preview games, but before we preview the games this weekend, it was international break. We had some time to self respect reflect and uh you know as people say scout thyself that is what we did and uh looked at our futures bet that we made the weekend before the premier league started and we're just going to quickly go through them and see how each of us are feeling uh do you still buy the stock do you want to sell the stock and if you don't know how to sell or buy stock uh if we had a sponsor i would tell you which app to use but we don't so don't buy or sell stocks other than the ones we're just about to talk about. So before we go in there, Braden, gonna come into you first. Golden Boot, you went with your boy Saka. Conf- uh, are you buying more? Are you selling? Are you holding? What's the, what's the feel here? I mean, to this, this is hold for me, just because we're only a few matches into the season. And honestly, this is all of our picks are a play on what if Erling Holland gets hurt, right? Like that is essentially what this bet was at plus 5,000. It's still a little bit of a lottery ticket. I I'm happy to join for the ride because if something were to happen to Holland before he gets to like 20, then it opens up a lot of people. And why not Sokka it is kind of how it's going there. He's got two. There's a lot of people who have two. Um, there's some interesting names ahead of him. Like, uh, one Buemo, uh, uh sitting at four goals right behind Holland is really interesting. I I expected him to be a little more involved with that, Tony, but uh, yeah, here we are. 
Uh, but so for me, it's a hold. Like I, I think it's wide open if something happened to Holland. This is basically what we're looking at from the start. All right, Will, with your pick of the Swedish Henri Alexander Isak. Again, I wish I had some sort of Swedish joke because I'd make it right now. Um, I'm going to hold. Uh, if Honestly, if I could change this pick to Newcastle's top score and that was my bet, I'd feel a lot more secure in holding it. And I might even fucking put more money into it. Uh, but like Braden said, it is still very early in the season. I think from what we've seen from Newcastle so far, that's the reason I would want to change my bet to maybe the team's top score because I just they're 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 getting into the big boy part of their season. They're going to have to start playing Champions League football against a bunch of guys like that. So production may fall, rests may happen, things may happen, and I don't know if he's going to get as many goals in the prim as I would expect. But you know what? It's still too early to tell. I'm not going to yell dour and uh, complaining about it. I'm going to stick with my bet. I'm going to hold. Uh, holler at me in about two weeks when I'm trying to sell this shit as quickly as possible. You know what? I picked Darwin Nunes. Um, I actually did have a bet on him uh, when we were out in Atlantic City. But going to keep it real here. I think there is, there is a player there. We saw that in that Newcastle game. Uh, you just can't be asking him to do all the shit that Klopp wants everybody else but Salah to do right now. Like You play him as a number nine. You play him as your outlet. I think he can bangles. Doesn't need... And also, to be honest, he just needs, like, less time on the ball. Like, the more he thinks, the more he fucks up. Like, the less time he has to react to a shot, the quicker he just, like, comes up with something to put the ball in the back of the net. I will still hold. I mean, uh, obviously, as Braden said, like, it comes down to Erling uh, Haaland being hurt or whatever. But obviously not wishing injuries or anyone. Uh, but, you know, uh, if we do take Haaland out, it would be very fascinating to see which one of these three would end up uh, the closest to him. All right, moving on. We all three picked Arsenal to be champions at plus 500. Will, are you holding on to that stock? I mean, yeah, I'm going to hold on to it because it's too damn early in the season for anyone to be separated. Uh, that That's the crux of me holding right here. Uh, it's not that I don't believe Arsenal are better than they were last season. I think they might be. Doesn't mean that I think any team is significantly worse or significantly better. Uh I have seen a very small sample size. Uh, this ain't Costco. I can't just eat a chip that some lady hands me in aisle two and decide I want to have a whole bag. Uh, also, don't do that either because that's ill-advised. I'm just being a smart adult right here, and I'm holding on to my – I'm hedging my bets because there's this very early sample size. Arsenal look an improved side, and they look like they're going to be able to do the exact bits you need them to do. But I don't want to take anything away from anybody else. And City is a monolith that hangs over all of our heads like some terrible uh, curse that we've accrued from something we did long ago in a past life. So I don't want to rule out that shit. So I'm going to hold right here. Again, holler at me in two weeks when Holland scores six goals in a game and I'm trying to drown my sorrows in too much beer. Yeah, I think it's a hold for me as well. It, Like it Will said, it's just kind of too early to, to throw it away. I don't know that Arsenal right now look improved from they were from last year but i think that's also kind of fine i i don't think the i don't think the goal this year was to start as quickly as we did last year so i i think arsenal will get there towards the end of the season and uh if you know if city goes and gets 95 points or something like that then this is all a moot discussion but i think arsenal will position to compete for the title like at the end of the season this year it's just a matter if they can keep close enough to do it for now 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do very much agree with that. I think I look at the Premier League table right now, and out of all the teams in that top five, um, I think outside of City, you expect Arsenal to be the other one. I mean, I guess Liverpool's there too, but I, obviously I don't want to see that shit. So um, ho- I'm going to hold on to that Arsenal uh, stock right here. And to be honest, like uh, Arsenal are just a team that needs to figure a way out at times to get wins. They did that very well last season, and they did that against United this uh, like right before the international break. So I think it, the more that continues, they'll get into the, sp- uh, into the rhythm again. And I'm uh, going to go with them. All right. Top four finish. Uh, Will, you went with Newcastle. Are you sticking with Newcastle? After you saw their performance where they had, they were a man up, they were a goal up, and uh, really fucked up. <clears throat> Again, to be blunt with this pick, if you want to give me something different, I'd go ahead and pick my own team here uh, based solely on that performance. Uh, and that's I think this could be the one that I could be arsed with selling right now. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm going to hold. Again, sample size. The problem with this one is that the sample size of this has been very damning towards Newcastle. And you don't see it getting any easier or any more. Well, you don't see it getting any easier in other sectors. But, like, they played a difficult part in the beginning of the season. So, for me to go ahead and sell this right now, not seeing that they're going to play some teams that they should be able to go ahead and handle, you would expect. The things that get you points to get you to where you need to be, games that Liverpool would typically fumble the bag with last season. Time remains to be seen if Newcastle can do that. Time remains to be seen if Newcastle can kind of hold up their end of the bargain. So I want to sell because I'm being a scaredy little bitch, but Mama didn't raise no bitch. That's a lie. She totally did, but I'm not going to bitch down here. I'm going to go ahead and hold it. Shout out to my mom. I'm not a bitch, but I'm a sensitive boy. That's not your fault. Yeah, I think so. I had Chelsea uh, for this one sitting at plus 125 uh, when I made the pick. I, I don't know what to think about it for sure. I, I think that if you look at the advanced metrics for Chelsea, they look pretty good. If you look at the actual metrics of points and things that matter, um, it doesn't look great for Chelsea right now. It looks a lot like it did last year. So, to keep with the stock analogy, I, I honestly think this would be a time to buy more. Maybe not necessarily for top four finish, but for Chelsea to improve on where they are. Um, so it's it's definitely a hold. I would consider buying more just because I, I think that Chelsea have been a little unlucky with their finishing. Uh, a few, few of those goals go in, and I think you're looking at a, a little bit different of a uh, of a projection of the course of the season, a mood around Chelsea, but your players also have to score those goals. <laughs> That's part of the game. So I would understand being a little wary, but um, I would probably buy it. I mean, I feel like I bought a blue chip stock out here with uh, Liverpool. And I mean, we just hold at this point. I think the season looks good for them. I think top four has been a bare minimum goal under Klopp for the last couple of years, and uh, that seems to be the case this year too. So, I mean, uh, if they do falter, um, barring injuries, I think you should buy more. But uh, I don't think they'll falter anytime soon, and they are looking very, very dangerous. Um, moving on to the last one, uh, relegation. Braden, coming to you first. You picked on the team that I was the number one hater of last year. Uh, how are you feeling about West Ham? this year yeah so sell this like i 
uh, West Ham did make a lot of changes to their squad and invested whether it, you know, in like, let's see, was it Alvaro? Like, I, they, they made some improvements to their squad uh, shortly after we recorded. And I, uh, I, it's, it's a shame we had to record right when we did because I might have gone in a different direction. Um, but look, this West Ham team sitting on 10 points after four matches, they're, probably already pretty safe from relegation. Like they can play pretty poor the rest of the season. And I think mostly get through with just kind of the talent they have in their squad now. So I'm definitely selling this. I think that they, um, over the course of the season, they, they steer clear of relegation, even if I don't think they're top 14. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just quote my favorite musical here. Gimme, gimme some more of that wolves. Cause I'm buying this stock. Wolves suck. Wolves gave away kind of like the pieces that they could have built with. I don't think this team is like, I don't even need to waste my time talking about this, man. Wolves is getting relegated. And I know that it was like the safest bet I had, but I want more of it because I see nothing from this team. I don't, Wolves is getting relegated and I feel good about my pick because it makes me feel like a very, very smart person. If something crazy happens, I understand that they are not in the relegation zone now. And I understand that they are probably going to be teams a tidbit worse. I think Luton Town is going to have a very hard time getting out of this. But I just kind of really think that Wolves are that bad. Burnley have talent to improve. Luton Town might be dead in the water. And I don't think Everton have too much to worry about. Of the other teams who suck, Wolves suck the worst. So, yeah. I want more of that stock, man. I these these odds should be minus, in my opinion, because I don't think Wolves are going to do anything. I understand I'm talking about a 15th place team right now, but hey, still early sample size. Fuck everything I said about Costco earlier. Don't get the chips; they're going to be delicious. Fuck off, Wolves. Yeah, I mean, I picked Bournemouth, and uh, I, I'm a, I'm gonna stick with that uh, for now. I think you, if you invested early on, you should hold on. They are. Um, not very far away from the relegation battle, but again, if we are going to give it to the other side of the table that it's very early, I'm going to have to give it to them as well. They did do well last year, and we'll see how uh, they overall perform in the next coming weeks. All right, so that brings us to an end of reviewing our futures bets. Brayden, do you want to do a quick overview of how we are going to preview these weekend games uh yeah so i uh, for first time listening first of all uh welcome and uh like subscribe follow do all, all those sorts of things um what we're going to do here is we're going to take our virtual dollars we call them pod bucks around here and we're going to place them on each of the three way money lines for the upcoming weekend so the three possible outcomes are a home win away win or a draw we will probably talk about some over-unders. We may talk about some goal score props. Uh, maybe talk about spreads um, and all the things that you could bet on if you were, wanted to do so. But for the purposes of tracking our progress and, and kind of how we do over the year, we're just talking about the three-way money line. Uh, so with that, we'll get into it. All right. First game back in the Premier League. Wolverhampton Wanderers at plus 550, taking on Liverpool at minus 240. Draws at plus 420, over-unders at three. Will, coming to you straight, Karen Tierney is, not Karen Tierney, Paul Tierney is uh, the VAR official, I believe, in this game. And Virgil van Dijk is suspended for the game. Does that change your uh, pick at all? 
it should. It is a crew who managed to give Alexis McAllister a red card for doing something that most people just do all the time. Uh, that's not true. It's, it's whatever. The officiating crew doesn't mean anything to me here because if you just heard the spiel I went on, I think Wolves are some hot butt trash, and I think hot butt trash gets hot butt found out here. Uh, it feels like it doesn't pay me any money to go ahead and take Liverpool here, but it's not even the homer pick. Liverpool are a far better side than Wolves, and they're going to be a far better side than Wolves going forward. I got no qualms with this. I could be ours to take the draw because Lowell blaze it, but uh, I'm not here for drug references. I'm here for money. I'm taking Liverpool. It's hard for me to go against Liverpool here. Maybe there's some concerns about it being after an international break. Uh, Liverpool, I, sh- I assume, has more players out um, you know, traveling with their national teams than Wolves do, but that's not going to be enough for me. I'm going to take Liverpool as well here. Yeah, I'm going to make it a straight sweep. going to go with Liverpool. I think Wolves are pretty woeful right now. They can't score for shit. And if you already can't score, not really going to take my chances for you to score against Liverpool. Uh, moving on, Aston Villa, minus 110, taking on Crystal Palace at plus 285. Draws at plus 270. Over-unders at 2.5. Braden, do you think Villa kind of get their season back on track here? Or do you think Palace has some tricks up their sleeves? Yeah, so I think this is interesting. I think that Villa have been a volatile team so far. Like you have the you know disaster at the beginning of the season against Newcastle. They also didn't look great against Liverpool, uh, but they had some good matches uh, outside of that. And I, I think especially at home, I think they probably get the job done. Um, so I'm gonna take Villa here. Palace have also been better than I expected so far this season. It wouldn't shock me to see them get a point from this, uh, but I, I think it'll be a little too far for them to win. You could see Palace. Palace have had some good results this season. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. I, I joke about the Roy Hodgson fun time grandpa bus thing, but like this is a much more improved squad than I think we're giving it credit for, uh, mostly because they don't have to bash the ball up to one dude anymore. All right. Um, with that being said, this does look like a bounce back spot for Villa, so I'm going to go ahead and make take Villa here too. Uh I think after that last performance, kind of knowing this Villa team, this Villa crowd expects something of this team. They're going to get be be able to get behind them. I always say the whole thing will be rocking. It'll be doing the same thing here. Uh, I could see a version of this match where Crystal Palace walks away with this and we start having a different conversation about what maybe the ceiling of this Crystal Palace team is. But that is not a conversation for this weekend this is a time for Villa to get it straight before they start doing their big boy stuff. So I'm going to take Villa. Ah, oh, man. Villa at minus 110. I, I have to go with Villa uh, primarily because both of y'all picked it. And honestly, like, th- this is a get right game for them. I, I would start a little, uh, I would start to worry a little bit if they don't get a result here because, again, Europe starts, they're playing in the Conference League. Like, things can get really, really shaky for them. So, I'm going to go with Villa here. Moving on, Fulham at minus 145, taking on Luton Town at plus 400. Draws plus 290, over under the 2.5. Will, do you think uh, Luton Town stays at zero points after this game? At some point, Luton Town has to play the football that we were kind of I don't want to say promised, but that we were told we would see. Luton were going to play the way they played in the championship. They were going to be direct. They were going to be – it was going to be fun football to watch. They were going to give it a go. I don't know if we've seen that yet. I think that if there is a team who is in a weird space right now, 
for that to happen, that it would be Fulham. So this is going to be the dumbass bet of the week just because this feels like one of those hunch things. I feel like Fulham get caught flat-footed here coming off an international break. Things seem a little sketchy, and Luton Town come in, and they get the points. I'm picking them to win. It feels a really sketch pick, but I feel that if Luton play the way that they want to and they can kind of force that onto a Fulham team who might be missing some folks after international duty and, quite frankly, might be an early contender for catering. We're going to vibe out until we can get our stand completely finished. I can see Luton Town giving points. So going out on a limb, I this is more about not trusting Fulham to get their job done than it is about believing in Luton Town. But, yo, dumbass bets of the week are for dumb hunches. This is the dumb hunch. I'm taking Luton. Yeah, cannot get there. Um, give me Fulham in this game. I... I, from watching Luton, I'm just gonna pick against them every week until I until they prove it to me otherwise. I it just they they look very clearly like a team that does not really belong in the Premier League at this point. So I'm gonna take Fulham. I, they should take care of business here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with Fulham as well. I I think ultimately they have to get this result and kind of make sure that. They accumulate enough points at this part of the season so that come the final third of the season, they are not, again, uh, stuck in a relegation battle. So, going to go with them. Moving on, Manchester United at home at plus 115, taking on Brighton at plus 210, draws at plus 285, over-unders at three. I feel like the only reason Brighton's at plus 210 is because uh, Evan Ferguson is hurt. But before I go any further on that, Braden, how do you feel about this game? Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a pretty good match. I think that you know United are in a little bit of a they're in a little bit of an injury crisis as well as like the stuff with Anthony going on is going to affect the team as well. Uh, Brighton are a team that don't really like they play well away from Amex, but it's it's not quite the same as to how like impressive they really do look at Amex specifically. So I think I'm going to take a draw in this game. I think United will come out and score some points. I think that um, Brighton will, uh, you know, will have enough firepower to counter and keep it pretty close. I, I just think that at some point, enough things will happen that this ends up as a draw. I can see a world where this is a draw, and I really, really want to take the draw here. There has to be a point where the where the the buildup hits a boiling point. And I, it seems like this would be the time for that to happen with Manchester United. And I don't necessarily know what that results in. Like the, uh, the musical theater thing, you know, when you sing a song, it's because the words just don't work anymore. And that's what this game feels like. Like either something is going to happen. Either United is going to show up and they're going to be like world beaters and they're going to kind of restore faith because so much shit has happened that the ship needs to be righted and they have to put in this performance in front of their fans to let them know, Hey, we're still about this or Brighton's going to come in here and just lay the smack down and the theater dreams are going to melt into the sea. Uh, I know I want to see number two more than anything else in the whole world. Uh, but part of me believes that number one might be what's going to happen more. I know I just said that part out loud, but I'm going to bet with my heart. And I'm going to help for the melting. I'm going to take Brighton to win here because I 
it's got to get better for United, but before things get better, it's got to get worse. And I don't think anything's going to be worse than Brighton, a team who we all know is the very, very good team coming into a place where even if they are as good as they are right now, they should still not be expected to win because it's name brand value. It's still Old Trafford. They're going to come in. They're going to do bits. They're going to walk out with the win. And then the second half of Manchester United season is going to start. I don't know what the hell happens after that, but I feel like it's got to start with a loss. So I'm going to take Brighton because uh, I let the intrusive thoughts win. Sometimes you got to let it happen. You know, my decision here is solely predicated on the fact that Evan Ferguson's not going to play for Brighton. And I'm, I'm going to take Manchester United. I mean, you give me them as plus favorites at home. I think, again, uh, there are times in a manager's tenure where you need the team to perform. And this is one of those times. Like, all the shit that's happened with Sancho, obviously the Anthony situation, uh, the negativity around the club, like, after that 3-1 loss. The one thing that everyone seemingly uh, was very hyped for the day after, for, like, 30 minutes after the game, till Ten Hag gave his press conference and Jaden started his jabbing back, which, by the way, whatever showdown talks happened yesterday, Jaden took down that tweet. So, uh I, I don't know what that means, but um, he did take down the tweet about him being great in training. Um, having said that, the primary reason I'm taking United is because I think Hoyland's going to be fit. And I I would like to believe that a fit Hoyland is going to make a difference. We do create chances. We don't necessarily have a clinical finisher and a guy who scored 10 goals in 40 games last year uh, who cost 70 million should be the perfect answer, maybe. But um, if he's not, then uh, baby Fergie, we coming for you next year. All right. Moving on, Tottenham Hotspurs, a minus 360, taking on Sheffield United, plus 875, draws a plus 500, over-unders at three. A lot of talk from uh, Big Ainge. I, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, but he came on TalkSport quite a bit and talked quite a bit this international break about changing the culture, changing the mentality of the club. I mean, uh, either he's about to really do something we have never seen in our lifetimes, or we're about to say brighter, brighter men than you have tried and failed at this. So, Will, do you think Spurs continue on their trajectory this game? Ange ball keeps on rolling. Uh, it's not even necessarily that I think Spurs are about to be this... Well, honestly, Spurs... Spurs... Spurs look like a swashbuckling side again, which is why their fans keep saying that they got their Spurs back. And what better way to kind of really get the Ange ball ball rolling than to than to come out and almost lose to Sheffield United and then somehow magically win, which is how I'm predicting this game is going to end up. Uh, Spurs is going to win. This is going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Sheffield will look like a competent side for at least 15 minutes. It's going to be tight to the end. It'll probably end 4-2 because Spurs will bullshit their way into a goal that makes it look a lot more distant than it was. But this is some fun kind of like mildly attacking football going on now. So I expect it to continue here. Uh, I expect it to be close, but I also expect it to be a Spurs win. Uh, home crowd will get them through. Postacoglu is a very, very difficult name. I also don't understand how it's Australian because none of their last names make any sense in, like, grammatical... Australia is a weird place. So, 
if you're an American fan, specifically an American college football fan, you are familiar with the concept of a trap game. And what a trap game is, is there something that happened previously that you're on a high. So Spurs, like right now, riding off uh, a five goal victory, um, Song getting a hat trick. You had a high, had the international break. And then the other part that's important for a trap game is an opponent you can look past in a big match the next week. And so you've got North London Derby next week. There is a chance the Spurs are looking ahead to that one, I think. At plus 500, I'm going to take a draw. The It sounds like hating, but it's really just the fact that these are the factors that come together to have disappointing results. It's likely that at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it gets them over the line. I'm not yet fully on board at minus 360 uh, for Tottenham. Um, so I'm going to take a draw and kind of let that be my dart throw over the weekend and just see if uh, see if we can get there. I mean, I am going to have to go with Spurs here. I think they are simply playing better football than Sheffield United right now. Um, and overall, I mean, until they show that there are uh, decent weaknesses, especially at home, I'm not going to uh, really buy into it. So going to go with Spurs. All right, moving on, a top-of-the-table clash that if the home team wins, potentially could go top-of-the-table. West Ham, a plus 500, taking on Manchester City. A minus 205, draws a plus 380, over-unders at three. Braden, do you think this uh, bubbly trend continues? I really don't. Like I, I know I, I talked about selling my West Ham relegation stock earlier. And I think they're clear of relegation, but I still don't think this West Ham team is that great. So I'm going to take City here with the caveat of we don't. There are some rumors of Holland being injured, obviously played the full match for Norway. Um, We'll see if that's a thing. I really doubt that it is. I I think it's probably just um, an, an, an Internet rumor that came up on Twitter. Um, but I'm going to take City here. I think that they should have enough. Even even if Holland can't go full 90, I, I think they should have enough to get the job done. Pardon my distraction. I think NSYNC just reunited in the background of my house. Uh, if that's any frame of reference for what day we record this episode. Um, it's, look, I want to take the draw here, and I'm going to take the draw just because I can't put money on City uh, just because I want to win. Like, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you guys. I want to be the person who takes the victory lap next week, and I don't win money or enough if City win this game, which City will probably do because this West Ham team looks equipped to make a run into mid-table madness. Maybe not the top of the table right now. City look a different side, and it doesn't necessarily... (sighs) Scary to say, it may not necessarily matter if Holland's there at all. I understand he is a big focal point of that team and he can score an army of goals by himself, but the rest of the city team, it's not like they're a bunch of fucking losers themselves. It's not like they're the rest of NSYNC compared to Justin Timberlake. Although I guess that's not true anymore since they were all super excited to see them all reunited. My childhood's replaying in the background right now. I'm very confused. I'm picking the draw, but I think we all know that city should go ahead and win this. Uh, Also shout out Bazinga for scoring at the London stadium. Same thing that Holland will do the week after he did. Damn. 
You know what? I am also uh, going to go for a draw here. I, I just... I, granted, I think Man City at minus 205 is always good value. I also just think uh, West Ham are kind of playing a perfect brand of football that is what Guardiola hates to face in terms of teams just sitting back. And it'll be interesting to see if West Ham can continue doing that and are clinical because that clinical part is where the issue comes, right? Like when you're going up against defenders from Brighton versus when you're going up against defenders from um, City, it's two very different things. However, I think there is just enough in this game for me to take a draw, which um, I guess would still mean City are top of the table. Moving on, Newcastle at minus 185, taking on Brentford at plus 475, draws at plus 330, over under the two and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take Newcastle. I think this is one of their get right games to get their season back on track. Uh, Will, how do you feel about this? Get right with the Lord. Home fans will be bumping, and Brentford, although I honestly think that Newcastle need Brentford to come out and prove a test to them. Because if you want this to be a get-right game, you, uh, I feel like a lot of people want a get-right game to be, and we come in and we sweep Brentford to the side 7-0, and we're just fucking world beaters. Not everyone's Galacticos. Not everyone is Manchester City. Not everyone's, like, the fucking golden generation of Manchester United. You can't just come in and just blow motherfuckers off the pitch every single weekend. Sometimes a get-right game has to be a game where you prove that you can do it against a team who isn't up to your standard, but it's still going to come in there and punch you in the mouth. Brentford are that team, and they have proven to be that team for a bunch of teams in the same station as Newcastle. So I expect this to be cagey. I expect this to be tough. I expect Brentford to come out here and give Newcastle a very, very good game. But Newcastle need this win, and they'll be able to prove to themselves that they can get these sort of gritty, grind-em-out wins. I could be arse taking the over here because I feel like it might be kind of a banger. But I'm still taking Newcastle. Like you said, it is a get-right game, but it's going to be a lot tighter. And I think that's what you need if you want to keep pushing forward if you're Newcastle. Yeah, to continue with our stock theme of what we had earlier, like to me, this is the this is the game that you either are like you're fine with Newcastle, or you just abandon ship uh, immediately because I, I think if Newcastle don't get three points here. Uh, it, it's pretty tricky to to stay on the Newcastle train. They had a very difficult start to the season with their fixture list. It can be excused, it pushed aside, that can be fine. But you're at home, you're playing a Brentford team without Ivan Tony. This needs to be three points. Like if you want to be a top four team, this has got to be three points. So I'm gonna take Newcastle here. I also kind of like the over. I think <laughs> I, I might have to think about some more because I I kind of think Newcastle get two and it's, it's whether you think Brentford can hold up there into the bargain uh, uh, from my point of view. So we'll see. I may take that, I may not, but I'm going to take Newcastle here. I Brentford can do bits up front. And I think that we've been talking about like the, the missing Ivan Tony factor. I think we might be taking that for granted. I think there's solid attack there at Brentford, and I think that they can hold up their end of the bargain. I I might smash the over button on the weekend. I'm really feeling it. I feel like this is going to be a lot tighter of a match than we're giving it credit for, to Brentford's credit. Maybe. I, I So looking at the teams that Brentford have played, I just 
they haven't played a team that I think is going to dominate possession other than Spurs, and that was the Spurs' first match of the year, and I think that they had some nice counterattacking going and that sort of thing. I just I, I need to see it against a team that you expect. Uh, you, you expect Newcastle to have most of the ball in the game, even though this is not really traditionally how Newcastle played the last couple of years. You expect them to have the ball most of this game. The outlet for Brentford the last few years has been Ivan Tony in that situation. So I actually think this is the game where you're probably going to see it hurt them the most so far from what we had this season. So that'll be one to follow. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'll also say Brentford just tend to play much better at home as compared to away. And I think St. James's Park is going to be rocking for this because um, I think this is kind of like their test. They're playing a team in uh, – Red, red and white stripes. It's going to get them ready for that uh, away trip for uh, Milan. Um, moving on, Bournemouth uh, at plus 340, taking on Chelsea at minus 135. Draws a plus 310, over-unders at three. Braden, do you trust Chelsea at minus 135 here? Speaking of Milan, um, I I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I said before, I think Chelsea's underlying metrics look great. Bournemouth have been shaky at times, but I think they've shown the ability to to go and attack teams enough to get a goal here and there. Um, Solanke's have been decent. I really think uh, Phil Billing is, is a one of the better players outside the top six or so. Um, but I'm going to go with Chelsea. I just, I think they probably put it together... Um, I'm going to take Chelsea. I, I really liked it over in this game, uh, to tell you the truth. Because like, I, I do think there's multiple ways that it can get there. Um, I I think that Chelsea could come out and give you a, a three goals like just from themselves. And I also think like this could be a little back and forth. So I'm going to take Chelsea. I Maybe I'd take the over two and a half instead of the over three. But um, I, I think there will be some goals in this game. I don't want to trust Chelsea in this situation. Like, I just don't. Because I feel like Bournemouth can come out and do bits in this game, and that ends up with Chelsea with egg on their face. But I can't trust Bournemouth to get the job done enough to, like, double dumbass this week and, like, take two in the same week. So I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to go with the draw. Uh, I... I can definitely see a world where the over happens. I don't know how I put that together, and I would need to go do some research to come up with whatever stupid parlay I would do for this match, because let's be honest, that's why I would do it. Um, But I don't, right now, in this moment, as I sit here at this desk, I don't trust Chelsea enough to put enough money on them for an away win. And I know that is sketchy because they have the GDP of several fucking small Eastern European countries worth of players here, probably some of the players from that Eastern European country, but away from home with the form they're in, I, I, I can't be asked, man. I can't be asked. I'm going to take the draw. This feels a, this actually feels like a dumbass bet as opposed to my dumbass bet. But like, I just really don't trust it right now. So yeah, it's come on, come on four, four. <laughs> I mean, I I have to go with Chelsea here. I think, I mean, on my one on my relegation pick, I do need Bournemouth to get relegated. And secondly, uh, I mean, 
Chelsea, ultimately, like as Braden said, the underlying numbers do look good. And at some point, it's got to click, right? So it might be uh, a while before Nkunku comes back, but I think they should have enough to win at Vitality Stadium. Uh, Moving on, Everton at plus 460, taking on Arsenal at minus 190, draws plus 350, over-unders at 3. Brayden, I'm sure you don't have very fond memories of the last time we all visited Goodison. How are you feeling this time around? Uh, It wasn't great. Um, So I'm going to take Arsenal in this. this, It shouldn't be a shock. I think Everton is struggling. Um, But I... Arsenal and Goodison haven't been best of friends recently, so I wouldn't fault anyone if they wanted to go uh, the other way, especially in a spread. Um, so if you wanted to take Everton at a plus one, if you can find it, uh, I, I think that would make sense. I, I think Arsenal get over the line here, but um, we'll see. This will be a good test for them. To quote another one of my favorite musicals, I guess you guys get to go to Goodison one last time. Uh, and I think you'll have a better result this time. I'm picking Arsenal here. I don't need to fucking expound on the state of Everton right now because I'll probably have to do it in about two weeks when they end up either firing their manager or winning something miraculously and making me look like an idiot right here. But before I look any dumber than I already do, I'm going to go ahead and be simple about it. Take Arsenal. I said they look at improved side earlier and improved side should be able to brush the blues back to their stupid side of the park. Or down to the docks now. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to take Arsenal as well. There, I mean, there's always potential for Sean Dice's teams to pull something out of their asses. But I, I think minus 194 Arsenal is kind of free money in this situation. Moving on, Forest at home at plus 115. Taking on Burnley at plus 230. Over-unders at two. Uh, draws at plus 255. Over-unders at two and a half. Will, do you think Forest win this game? Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, I, I kind of want to take Burnley a lot because I saw a decent amount of them in the championship and I kind of believe that Vincent company is a, is a solid, solid manager, but sometimes you got to go with what feels right. And I think that a forest team who are really trying to solidify themselves as we're in the premier league and we're going to be here for a minute. These are the games where you're playing what I would consider lateral opposition at this time. You need to go ahead and get some points off of them. You want to make you want to make fucking next uh, March and April a lot less stressful for yourself. Go ahead and get the wins in moments like these. You have the home crowd behind you. You have a Burnley squad who like kind of looks stagnated right now, and maybe like they don't know what they're doing at this point in time. Uh, I think it's gonna get better for Burnley. I kind of hope it gets better for Burnley. Uh, as many beige jokes as I have, I also watch a lot of YouTube, and I kind of want Dude Perfect to continue to be in the Premier League. It's just not their fucking, uh, not their fucking weekend this week. So, uh, pound it, noggin to Forest. I'm gonna go ahead and give them the win. If anyone got that joke, I'm sorry you're as lame as I am. Uh, so I want to believe in Burnley here. I, I think they have played some good football at times, but I have not really been impressed with the results here recently. I'm going to go with Forrest. I think at home, I think they've got some players, uh, whether it's Awani, um, have, have been playing well. Um, Alanga has come in and looks like he's, especially off the bench, looks like he can be a difference maker. So I'm, 
I'm going to take Forrest here um, with a little bit of hesitation because I, I do think Burnley have played decent ball at times and possibly the international break could be the thing to kind of reset and get back to your get get back to your philosophy and that sort of thing. But first, I'm going to take Forrest. Burnley have got to show it to me first. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to go with Forrest as well. I think Anthony Lang is on fire for them, and that is only going to continue against the Burnley team that like to play some open football. So I'm going to go with their plus favorites, Forrest, this weekend. All right, that brings us to an end of this weekend's preview. We'll be back next weekend with some more thoughts on the weekend's actions and what is in store for us. I think Champions League's back. Uh, Football is back, but uh, I think both next month and the month after there are international breaks. So we will have plenty to digest and uh, discuss as we move towards December. So on that note, we shall see you next week. Cheers. Bye, bye, bye.